Chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 2, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. And he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. To beg I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, An hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty. Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and write fourscore. Bede, having rebuked in three parables those who murmured because he received penitence, our Savior shortly after subjoins a fourth and a fifth on almsgiving and frugality, because it is also the fittest order in preaching that almsgiving should be added after repentance. Hence it follows, and he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man. Pseudo Chrysostom. There is a certain erroneous opinion inherent in mankind, which increases evil and lessens good. It is the feeling that all the good things we possess in the course of our life we possess as lords over them, and accordingly we seize them as our especial goods. But it is quite the contrary, for we are placed in this life not as lords in our own house, but as guests and strangers, led whether we would not, and at a time we think not of. He who is now rich suddenly becomes a beggar. Therefore, whoever thou art, know thyself to be a dispenser of the things of others, and that the privileges granted thee are for a brief and passing use. Cast away from thy soul the pride of power, and put on the humility and modesty of a steward. Bede. The bailiff is the manager of the farm, therefore he takes his name from the farm. But the steward or director of the household is the overseer of money as well as fruits, and of everything his master possesses. Ambrose, from this we learn then, that we are not ourselves the masters, but rather the stewards of the property of others. Theophylact. Next, that when we exercise not the management of our wealth according to our Lord's pleasure, but abuse our trust to our own pleasures, we are guilty stewards. Hence it follows, and he was accused to him. Pseudo Chrysostom. Meanwhile he is taken and thrust out of his stewardship. For it follows, and he called him and said unto him, what is this that I hear of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou canst be no longer steward. Day after day, by the events which take place, our Lord cries aloud to us the same thing, showing us a man at midday, rejoicing in health, before the evening cold and lifeless, another expiring in the midst of a meal, and in various ways we go out from our stewardship, but the faithful steward, who has confidence concerning his management, desires with Paul to depart and be with Christ.
but he whose wishes are on earth is troubled at his departing. Hence it is added of the steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my Lord taketh away from me the stewardship. I cannot dig. To beg I am ashamed. Weakness in action is the fault of a slothful life, for no one would shrink who had been accustomed to apply himself to labor. But if we take the parable allegorically, after our departure hence, there is no more time for working. The present life contains the practice of what is commanded, the future consolation. If thou hast done nothing here, in vain then art thou careful for the future, nor wilt thou gain anything by begging. The foolish virgins are an instance of this, who unwisely begged of the wise, but returned empty, for every one puts on his daily life as his inner garment. It is not possible for him to put it off or exchange it with another. But the wicked steward aptly contrived the remission of debts to provide for himself an escape from his misfortunes among his fellow servants. For it follows, I am resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. For as often as a man, perceiving his end approaching, lightens by a kind deed the load of his sins, either by forgiving a debtor his debts, or by giving abundance to the poor, dispensing those things which are his lord's, he conciliates to himself many friends, who will afford him before the judge a real testimony, not by words, but by the demonstration of good works. Nay, moreover, will provide for him, by their testimony, a resting place of consolation. But nothing is our own. All things are in the power of God. Hence it follows, So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him, and said unto the first, How much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, A hundred caskets of oil. Bead. Achatus in Greek is a vessel containing three urns. It follows, and he said unto him, Take thy bill, and sit down quickly, and write fifty, forgiving him the half. It follows, Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, An hundred measures of wheat. A chorus is made up of thirty bushels. And he said unto him, Take thy bill, and write fourscore, forgiving him a fifth part. It may be then simply taken as follows, Whosoever relieves the want of a poor man, either by supplying half or a fifth part, will be blessed with the reward of his money. Augustine, or because out of the hundred measures of oil he caused fifty to be written down by the debtors, and of the hundred measures of wheat, fourscore, the meaning thereof is this, that those things which every Jew performs according to the priests and the Levites should be more attendant in the church of Christ, that whereas they give a tenth, Christians should give a half, as Zacchaeus gave of his goods, or at least by giving two tenths, that is, a fifth, exceeded the payments of the Jews. Verses 8 through 13. And the Lord commanded the unjust steward, because he had done wisely, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, 
who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Augustine, the steward whom his Lord cast out of his stewardship, is nevertheless commended because he provided himself against the future. As it follows, and the Lord commanded the unjust steward, because he had done wisely. We ought not, however, to take the whole for our imitation. For we should never act deceitfully against our Lord, in order that from the fraud itself we may give alms. Origin. But because the Gentiles say that wisdom is a virtue, and define it to be the experience of what is good, evil and indifferent, or the knowledge of what is and what is not to be done, we must consider whether this word signifies many things, or one. Or it is said that God by wisdom prepared the heavens. Now it is plain that wisdom is good, because the Lord by wisdom prepared the heavens. It is said also in Genesis, according to the Septuagint, that the serpent was the wisest animal, wherein he does not make wisdom a virtue, but evil-minded cunning. And it is in this sense that the Lord commended the steward, that he had done wisely, that is, cunningly and evilly. And perhaps the word commended is spoken not in the sense of real commendation, but in a lower sense, as when we speak of a man being commended in slight and in different matters. And in a certain measure, clashings and sharpness of wit are admired, by which the power of the mind is drawn out. Augustine, on the other hand, this parable is spoken that we should understand that if the steward who acted deceitfully could be praised by his Lord, how much more they please God who do their works according to his commandment. Origin. The children of this world also are not called wiser, but more prudent than the children of light. And this not absolutely and simply, but in their generation. For it follows, and the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light, etc. Bede. The children of light and the children of this world are spoken of in the same manner as the children of the kingdom and the children of hell. For whatever works a man does, he is also termed their son. Theophylact, by the children of this world, then, he means those whose mind the good things which are on the earth. By the children of light, those who, beholding the divine love, employ themselves with spiritual treasures. But it is found indeed in the management of human affairs that we prudently order our own things and busily set ourselves to work, in order that when we depart we may have a refuge for our life. But when we ought to direct the things of God, we take no forethought for what shall be our lot hereafter. Gregory, in order then that after death they may find something in their own hand, let men before death place their riches in the hands of the poor. Hence it follows, and I say to you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, etc. Augustine, that which the Hebrews call mammon, in Latin is riches, as if he said, make to yourselves friends of the riches of unrighteousness. Now some, misunderstanding this, seize upon the things of others, and so give something to the poor, and think that they are doing what is commanded. That interpretation must be corrected into, Give alms of your righteous labors, 
for you will not corrupt Christ your judge. If from the plunder of a poor man you were to give anything to the judge that he might decide for you, and that judge should decide for you, such is the force of justice, that you would be ill-pleased in yourself. Do not then make to yourself such a God. God is the fountain of justice. Give not your alms then from interest and usury. I speak to the faithful to whom we dispense the body of Christ. But if you have such money, it is of evil that you have it. Be no longer doers of evil. Zacchaeus said, Half my goods I give to the poor. See how he runs, who runs to make friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, and not to be held guilty from any quarter. He says, If I have taken anything from anyone, I restore fourfold. According to another interpretation, the mammon of unrighteousness are all the riches of the world, whenever they come. For if you seek the true riches, there are some in which Job, when naked, abounded, but he had his heart full towards God. The others are called riches from unrighteousness, because they are not true riches, for they are full of poverty and ever liable to chances. For if they were true riches, they would give you security. Augustine, or the riches of unrighteousness are so called, because they are not riches except to the unrighteous, and such as rest in their hopes and the fullness of their happiness. But when these things are possessed by the righteous, they have indeed so much money, but no riches are theirs, but heavenly and spiritual. Ambrose, or he spoke of the unrighteous mammon, because by the various enticements of riches, covetousness corrupts our hearts, that we may be willing to obey riches. Basil, or if thou hast succeeded to a patrimony, Thou receivest what has been amassed by the unrighteous. For in a number of predecessors, someone must needs be found who has unjustly usurped the property of others. But suppose that thy father has not been guilty of exaction. Whence hast thou thy money? If indeed thou answerest, From myself thou art ignorant of God, not having the knowledge of thy Creator. But if from God, tell me the reason for which thou receivest it. Is not the earth and the fullness thereof the Lord's? If then whatever is ours belongs to our common Lord, so will it also belong to our fellow servant. Theophylact. Those then are called riches of unrighteousness, which the Lord has given for the necessities of our brethren and fellow servants. But we spend upon ourselves. It became us then from the beginning, to give all things to the poor. But because we have become the stewards of unrighteousness, wickedly retaining what was appointed for the aid of others, we must not surely remain in this cruelty, but distribute to the poor, that we may be received by them into everlasting habitations. For it follows that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitations. Gregory but if through their friendship we obtain everlasting habitations, we ought to calculate that when we give, we rather offer presents to patrons than bestow benefits upon the needy. Augustine, for who are they that shall have everlasting habitations but the saints of God? And who are they that are to be received by them into everlasting habitations? But they who administer to their want and whatsoever they have need of, gladly supply. 
They are those little ones of Christ, who have forsaken all that belonged to them and followed him, and whatsoever they have given to the poor, that they may serve God without earthly shackles, and freeing their shoulders from the burdens of the world, might arise them aloft as with wings. Augustine, we must not then understand those by whom we wish to be received into everlasting habitations, to be, as it were, debtors of God, seeing that the just and holy are signified in this place, who caused those to enter in, who administered to their necessity of their own worldly goods. Ambrose, or else make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that by giving to the poor we may purchase the favor of angels and all the saints. Chrysostom, mark also that he said not that they may receive you into their own habitations, for it is not they who receive you. Therefore, when he said, Make to yourselves friends, he added, Of the mammon of unrighteousness, to show that their friendship will not alone protect us unless good works accompany us. Unless we righteously cast away all riches, unrighteously amassed. The most skillful then of all arts is that of almsgiving, for it builds not for us houses of mud, but lays up in store an everlasting life. Now in each of the arts one needs the support of another, but when we ought to show mercy, we need nothing else but the will alone. Cyril, thus then Christ taught those who abound in riches earnestly to love the friendship of the poor and to have treasure in heaven. But he knew the sloth of the human mind, how that they who court riches bestow no work of charity upon the needy, that to such men there results no profit of spiritual gifts. He shows by obvious examples, adding, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Now our Lord opens to us the eye of the heart, explaining what he had said, adding, If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? That which is least, then, is the mammon of unrighteousness, that is, earthly riches, which seem nothing to those that are heavenly wise. I think, then, that a man is faithful in a little when he imparts aid to those who are bowed down with sorrow. If, then, we have been unfaithful in a little thing, how shall we obtain from hence the true riches, that is, the fruitful gift of divine grace, impressing the image of God on the human soul? But that our Lord's words incline to this meaning is plain from the following. For he says, And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? Ambrose, riches are foreign to us, because they are something beyond nature. They are not born with us, and they do not pass away with us. But Christ is ours, because he is the life of man. Lastly, he came unto his own. Theophylact, thus then hitherto he has taught us how faithfully we ought to dispose of our wealth. But because the management of our wealth, according to God, is no otherwise obtained than by the indifference of a mind unaffected towards riches, he adds, No man can serve two masters. Ambrose, not because the Lord is two, but one. For although there are who serve mammon, yet he knoweth no rights of lordship, but has himself placed upon himself a yoke of servitude. There is one Lord, because there is one God, 
Hence it is evident that the power of the Father and the Son is one, and he assigns a reason, thus saying, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Augustine. But these things were not spoken indifferently or at random, for no one when asked whether he loves the devil answers that he loves him, but rather that he hates him, but all generally proclaim that they love God. Therefore, either he will hate the one, that is the devil, and love the other, that is God, or he will hold to the one, that is the devil, when he pursues, as it were, temporal wants, and will despise the other, that is God, as when men frequently neglect his threats for their desires, who, because of his goodness, flatter themselves that they will have impunity. Cyril, but the conclusion of the whole discourse is what follows. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Let us then transfer all our devotions to the one forsaking riches. Bede. Let then the covetous hear this, that we cannot at the same time serve Christ in riches. And yet he said not, who has riches, but who serves riches. For he who is the servant of riches watches them as a servant. But he who is shaken off the yoke of servitude dispenses them as a master. But he who serves mammon verily serves him who is set over those earthly things as the reward of his iniquity, and is called the prince of this world. End of chapter 16, verses 1 through 13.